Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely their fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Try the Superlight Tree Runner with a cushy foam midsole and breathable eucalyptus fiber upper. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. So, what can you do in a Superlight shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Welcome to the Smirconish podcast for independent minds. I've been looking forward to my conversation with Mitch Landrew, the former mayor of New Orleans, now the White House Senior Advisor and Infrastructure Implementation Coordinator. He's got an awfully big job, and he joins me now. Hey, Mayor, great to have you. Nice to chat with you again. I hope you're doing well. Hey, Michael, I'm doing great. How you doing? First thing you need is a, a new title, because I don't, I don't know if anybody has business cards anymore, but I can't imagine you can fit White House Senior Advisor and Infrastructure Implementation Coordinator on one. I'm thinking instead can, Candyman. No, I I got to get get it to get to get it done. My job is to get it done. So I'm the get it done guy. So, Mayor, what's the total amount that you are overseeing the distribution and implementation of? Uh, one point two trillion dollars, the largest investment in the last fifty years, rebuilding the country. Uh, it's to rebuild the roads, the bridges, airports, ports, waterways high-speed internet everywhere in the country so everybody has access to now making sure that we have clean air and safe water this is such an important conversation and i'm hearing every second word can can we adjust uh catch our breath and figure out a way that we can clear that line i think i've got him back now so let me try again okay you you were in the midst of explaining it's 1.2 trillion it covers a lot of different disciplines give us more of an idea as to the implementation well, so, you know, we're building a team. We're working with governors and mayors and the business community to actually get these projects, get this money down to the ground and get these projects coming out. Just in the last week, for example, the president announced massive funding for major bridges across the country that are important so that folks can get to and from work and get their families where they need to be and also to move goods from rail and ships to shells. So it's critically important. We announced nine other major projects. The other day, the president was in Baltimore, uh, and yesterday, two days ago in New York, talking about how to uh, invest in high-speed rail along the Northeast Corridor. Anybody that's been on that corridor knows that we need to upgrade the trains and the rails um, so that we can kind of move faster. We're also um, making sure that we get the lead out of all the pipes because kids have been sucking that dirty water for a long time, and you know that that's very dangerous. Uh, We've been reinvesting in cleaning up brownfield Superfund sites, Abandoned mine lands and orphan wells, which are detritus left behind from 
uh, companies that walked away from their responsibilities uh, so that we actually clean up the area where people live and people work. Uh, and as you know, we have to build a clean energy economy. So uh, as we electrify the economy we and folks are starting to drive uh, battery-operated vehicles, we have to figure out how to make the batteries, how to get the material to do it, um, where to manufacture the cars, uh, and actually to lay down 500,000 charging stations so people can figure out where to uh, you know, get their juice from. So that's a lot of work. We're basically transforming the way the country works. And essentially the reason is, is to make sure that America's economic strength um, is second to none. But you can't have economic strength if you don't have good infrastructure. And if you don't have good infrastructure or economic strength, you can't have a lot of national security. So they're all folded into the president's vision of building a better and stronger America and doing it and finding people where they live so that folks can live with dignity and have an opportunity for a better future for themselves and their family. When Congress appropriated the $1.2 trillion, did they determine exactly where it would go, or is this a discretionary process left to the states? Uh, well, that's a, that's a very good question. The answer is really a combination of both. The money gets down to the ground two ways. Historically, as you know, Congress has created what they call formula funding, formulas that are set where money goes directly to the states, where the governors have a broad you know, discretion in how to spend that money. About half of it, though, um, is what they call competitive projects. And those are projects where states and cities and counties and tribal communities have to compete and apply for grants. Uh, and the secretaries of the departments up here make that decision. But at the end of the day, really, all of this money is going to be spent by governors and mayors and counties and local folks um, consistent with what the general directives of what the president is. But essentially, um, you know, they're the ones who are on the ground that are going to make it happen. And my job on behalf of the president is try to help coordinate the federal guys, the state folks, the local folks to make sure that basically everybody's singing the same song off of the same hymn book, you know, at the same time, which, of course, as you know, is, is a hard, large lift. But it's something that we can do because as the president is, as often says, when we do things together, we can do big things. If we don't do things together, we, we can't do many things at all. And so this effort is part of, of that vision for the country as well. I noted that it was bipartisan. It's the largest, it is the largest infrastructure bill ever passed. You correct me if I'm wrong, but it wasn't unanimous. Do you find that even those who opposed it now want to play ball and want to have a role in it? <laughs> That's the greatest understatement in the world, Michael. Um, everybody, even those that voted no, definitely want the dough. And I've noticed in this discussion that uh, folks are having about cutting spending, nobody has called and said, we don't want a road uh, in our district, or we don't want clean water, or we don't want clean air. Can we please have it? And we want more of it, not less of it. And, of course, there's a great thirst in the nation because everybody knows what it's like to ride on a road that, you know, you can't hardly sit in your car, you hit a pothole that – you know, George, George and heck, are you in traffic that waits a long time? You can't pick up your kids. I mean, it's a real problem. And in the country, as the president likes to say, we need to be lapping the world in our infrastructure, not following. We need to be really um, investing in the infrastructure because that's the thing that creates economic growth and opportunities for folks. And it's critically essential, as I said earlier, for our national security as well. You rattled off some of the categories. If you had to rank in terms of where the bulk of the money you think will end up as, you know, compared between roads and bridges and uh, Internet and clean energy, et cetera, et cetera, what's at the top of the list? Well, listen, um, obviously the bulk of the money, half of it, is in uh, roads and bridges, airports, ports, and waterways. But the other half, 
which is a mass. I mean, it's still even half of it. It's a massive amount of money. Um, it, when you're talking about making sure that every kid in America or every person has access to high-speed Internet, um, you know that's critically important, and that's a, that's a big chunk of change. Also, the whole new clean energy economy. We were actually talking about electrifying the economy. Um, that is a big deal. So every auto manufacturer, for example, in the world has committed uh, to making sure that we're moving to electric vehicles um, as opposed to combustion engines. That's going to take some time. But you see the private sector responding to this as you would expect them to. Hundreds of billions of dollars of private sector investment on top of what they now know is going to be a secure federal investment. And, of course, this is how really great things happen in America. You see this with uh, with the space program. You saw this with, with Tesla. Um, you see this with massive investments in, the, in pharmaceuticals where the federal government got in early, made massive investments, and then the private sector laid in on top of that. And when you put private and public together, and, of course, you get everybody on the same team, federal, state, and local, all of a sudden, you know, you got a big thing going. Um, and that's what's happening right now. You mentioned Tesla. I know that you sat down with Elon Musk recently. Are you on the same page? We're trying to get on the same page. As you know, um, Tesla is, of course, one of the companies that got into the electrification of vehicles early, early. Um, On top of that, every other major auto manufacturer has come in, and we want to make sure we're talking to them so we can help coordinate our efforts to the extent that we can collaborate and communicate because that's really critically important. We're all important players, and it's important to have an open door to all the companies. So, for example, if we're going to put down 500,000 electrical vehicle charging stations, they ought to all be able to talk to each other and not act differently so that folks can have access to all of them. And so you have to talk to all of the players in that space um, in order to make sure that you're doing as much as you can to make it easier for the riding public to have what it is that they need, which is safety and security, uh, and not have, you know, anxiety, what they call road anxiety, for not being able to charge up. And we're trying to figure out that network. We're also, as you know, talking to all the governors in this same space because they are the ones that have to give us a plan of where they're going to put these charging stations to make sure that they're very accessible to everybody in the public. So, you know, Tesla's a big player, as is GM and Ford and all those folks, and we try to, you know, talk to all of them before we actually uh, confect a rule that really affects everybody um, Every time- and, and have that rule work in a good way. Every time I upgrade my laptop, I'm I'm frustrated, and it's Apple because all of a right. sudden there's a, there's something right. new to plug into the wall. Yeah. And Mayor, they got too many I, damn plugs. We're I trying drive, to get one plug that works for everybody. So you got to talk just to a lot s- of folks. And of course, when 18 people are designing a plug, it can come out looking like a you know banana. So you don't want that to happen. I was just going to say, I drive a Tesla, and and I it, we need a universal means of charging all electric vehicles. <laughs> hey, I have a political question for you. I remember after in the Obama era, after the stimulus bill was passed and that money was being spent, I thought that it was a, a, a missed op, a missed opportunity that every time there was a project ongoing that was the recipient of those funds, there wasn't a sign or some means of communication, so the taxpayers knew, oh, okay, I remember the controversy that surrounded the passage, but wow, there's a bridge now being built or repaired. Anything like that going to be attached to the $1.2 trillion infrastructure bill? 100%. So you know when you say, you know, I was looking for a, for a title, I'll, you can call me the sign man too, because it's really important for the public to know um, where the tax dollars are being spent and how they got there. So to the extent allowed by law, we will have signs uh, on this to demonstrate to the public where their tax dollars are being spent as a consequence um, of the infrastructure bill. But remember also, Michael, that the four other major pieces of legislation that got spent, that got passed 
that are part of this infrastructure rebuild. One of them is the American Rescue Plan, so governors and mayors can use that money uh, for infrastructure as well as public safety and things of that nature. There's, there's this infrastructure bill. Then there's the Inflation Reduction Act, which is the largest investment in climate, which is directly related to building a clean energy economy. And then there's the CHIPS bill, which you know and you've talked about quite extensively to give ourselves some independence um, in that regard. All of these things together, there's nothing that compares to this level of investment that we've seen in the history of the country. And of course, you know, they said President Biden couldn't get this done. He did it with a with an even Senate, and he did it in 18 months, and it's more than any other president's been able to do uh, since Roosevelt, really. I know that his edict has been hurry the hell up. Like, <laughs> how, What's the timeline for the sort of things that you're talking about? Well, again, when Congress passed this bill, um, this is a what they call a five to seven year funding plan. So as if you heard me earlier, I say, we pushed out about $200 billion in the first year. That's one-fifth of what the total amount of money is. And so we're getting this money out as fast as we can, um, making sure that there are good plans on the ground, making sure there's accountability, making sure that we don't have any waste, fraud, and abuse, but at the same time going as fast as we possibly can. Um, we we want to make sure also that workforce training um, is at the top of everybody's mind who's trying to work on this stuff so that we connect people in neighborhoods with jobs that are in that neighborhood, um, technical assistance and things of that nature. So we'll keep our pedal to the metal, as the president said. I mean, what, every time he sees me, I think my name is hurry the hell up. So uh, he, he, he's got he's got us he's got us moving and really working hard. And I'm thankful to all the partners that we've had and really the senators and the congressmen and the mayors and the governors. They're all in on this. Um, as the country should be, because as we like to say, there's no Republican or Democratic way to fill a pothole. Just get the damn pothole filled um, because it takes us too long. We've got to go faster. We've got to do more, and we're behind. So we've got to catch up, and then we want to win, and then we don't want to look back again. Mayor, I know you're on a tight timeline. Final question. So it's a massive amount of money, as I'm learning from you, mostly being implemented by you know, more local folks, not the federal government. How, how do you protect us, protect us as taxpayers, that somebody's not out there building a bridge to nowhere? I'm sure you remember that case. Well, first of all, 100 percent. The first thing the president asked me to do after he said, you know, are you going to take the job? Is to get together with the uh, um, all of the folks that oversee these programs, the inspectors general. Each department has an inspector general. We met with them. They gave us thoughts about how to design these programs to make sure that we don't have waste, fraud, and abuse. We also have cabinet secretaries that are constantly reviewing um, projects that make sense. And one of the wonderful things that's happened is that so many people have come forward with so many different ideas. We really get to pick and choose. The secretaries get to pick and choose the best amongst them. Um, and we work really, really hard to make sure that we're only greenlighting projects that make the greatest amount of sense based on really good economic data, where they are geographically, how they affect the economy, how they improve people's lives. And guess what? They don't have to be in big cities. You know, the president put some significant money in here for what they call off-system bridges. Now, you know, you and I are from rural states. I'm from Louisiana. I was a lieutenant governor there for six years. If you're riding in the back roads of Louisiana, you know, where we're growing food for people in the country to eat, there are all of these small bridges that folks have trouble getting their combines across, or God forbid somebody should get sick across the bayou. We have 15,000 of those bridges that are being fixed right now in the country. That They call them off-system because they're off of the system of the interstate. So we're not just talking about big roads and big bridges, which are critically important, you know, but we're also talking about the small ones because the president believes that we need to see everybody, go everywhere, and make sure that nobody gets left out of this rebuild because he sees us as one country. And it goes back to his very basic premise 
of why he ran for president. I want to unify the country. I want to restore the soul of America. And I believe if we do things together and we kind of put down the partisan politics and we get rid of this rural and geographic, there's nothing that we can't do um, because we're the United States of America. All 50 states get some, right? 100 percent, plus the territories. Yeah. Um, but by the way, uh, Abbott and DeSantis, do they remain the only governors you've you've personally not met with? Um, w- yeah, I haven't met with both of them personally, but I have spoken to both of their chiefs of staff. Um, and so we are in communication with all of the governors around. And, you know, this is this happens from time to time because governors are busy. We also have, I think, 14 new governors that I haven't a chance to personally meet with. But we have talked to all of the chiefs of staff. Of course, I've asked all of them, and they have all agreed to to uh, appoint what I call an infrastructure coordinator, somebody on the state level whose job it is to coordinate their state offices and who can talk to their locals. So when you think about you know, us being up here, the cabinet secretaries, all the regional directors, the infrastructure coordinators, the governors and the mayors, that's your army of people who are being called into rebuilding the country as, like I say, one team, one fight. So I feel really good about where we are. Um, we haven't had any knockdown dragouts. You know, we argue about things from time to time, but nothing outside of the ordinary or what I would consider to be unnecessary foolishness. So I feel pretty good about where we are. But it's, listen, it's a hard lift. Nobody's ever tried this before. Um, we got to get better at it. We got to get faster at it. But we're making great progress um, in a short period of time. And, and listen, I'll just give you one example that's close to your heart because I know you're a Pennsylvania guy. That we, you know, the Fern Hollow Bridge fell um, in Pittsburgh not too long ago. Re- rebuilt that bridge in 11 months. Love that. It's, hey, it's yeah, it's a so. it's a big it's a big job, and I'm glad you're the guy. Thank you for dropping Thanks. by. Come back, okay? Thank you, Michael. Good talking to you. You too. Mitch Landrew, ladies and gentlemen, former mayor of New Orleans, now the White House senior advisor and infrastructure implementation coordinator. This is the Smirconish podcast from Sirius XM. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. Meet the new Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Albert's, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS. 
Sirius XM Channel 124, and on the SXM app. I think we just learned a lot. What priority would you have if you had Mitch's job? Recognizing that, you know, some of the money was earmarked and a lot of the money was discretionary and left to the states and and left... Uh, to the local communities, but where do you think it is most needed? Yes, I remember the controversy of some saying, what What does green energy have to do with it? Let's just fix rail and fix bridges and fix ports and so forth. There's a question in there as to one's definition of infrastructure, but I'm just thrilled they're spending money because where I live, God, is it necessary. The roadways are horrific, and I'm happy to hear that they are prioritized. I really enjoyed Mitch Landrew. I think he is just such a great guy. I remember you were on CNN with him or like as one of the panels, right? There was so uh, callers. I am coming to you in a moment. Yes, but T- TC does uh, remind that in the. Which cycle I was guess it? it was. I guess it was the 2020 cycle. I think it was. It was in the 2020 cycle that they they put together this threesome where it was it was yours truly, and Mitch. Do you remember the third? Was it David Axelrod? No, no that was David. That was the no. prior one. It was. Oh my gosh, Andrew Yang. No, who? It was an Andrew, Andrew Gillum. Oh, oh, it was, oh. and it was the three of us. Where and, is he now? And by the way, uh, Has he re- reemerged. It's, and by the way, we we got along well, and I, I think that. that I think that we played off each other quite well. I'm going to go back and find a picture and stick it in social of the three of us uh, at that time. But that's I I don't want to overstate my relationship of Mitch Landrew, but I'm going to tell you so that all cards are on the table. I really like the guy. Yeah. I remember him in New Orleans after Katrina. And I've always thought that he was a straight shooter and that it was one of the wiser picks for President Biden to uh, uh, to make. Yeah. This is the Smirconish Podcast from Sirius XM. Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S.com. Code Super 24. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure ready RAV4. Available with all wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM channel 124 and on the SXM app.
Anthony, greetings relative to infrastructure. What did you want to say in Saratoga Springs? So I, I really enjoyed you know, your last guest and, and what he had to say, and I do buy into the need of investing into our infrastructure. However, saying that, you know, we've, we've been down this road countless times going back to 2009, I believe, was the last large infrastructure bill. But we really don't know what we got in return from that. And it sounds to me almost like the exact same issues were posed back then. If we don't invest in this, this is what's going to happen. And, and looking back, how many Americans even have an idea of what we got uh, as a return for that enormous investment? Um, like I said, I'm, on, I'm in upstate New York. Um, our road system, despite the fact that we have a lot of toll roads, um, is horrible. Uh, we, we spend a lot of money. At the pump for, for, you know, federal taxes and local taxes to keep the roads going, we have user-paid um, uh, fees to use the roads, and yet they're still crumbling. And yep. we keep on I feel the same way. more and more money into it. So I, I, just, feel... I just don't know. Then you go, you go into New York City, you know, cross a bridge for 15, 18 bucks. Just Crazy. Just have, you know, Crazy, yep. An, an alignment needed when you, get, when you get done. So I'm not optimistic about the results of this. So your first, your first, first of all, I'm simpatico with you. Try driving on the Schuylkill Expressway, which I do virtually every other day of my life, which is the main artery that goes into Philadelphia. Or you alternatively could take I-95 and, and it's equally horrendous. And all they do is keep putting band-aids on, especially the potholes. To your first point, it's the reason why I said to Governor Landrew, are you going to put up signs? And he joked and he said, they call me the sign man because I remember in the stimulus era. And by the way, I remember having conversations with some of the uh, officials in charge with getting that money out into projects like Mitch, except not everything consolidated under him. And they, you know what they said at the time, Anthony, that in some places they didn't want to put up signs because it was going to inflame the public. Like we're rebuilding your bridge, but we're using stimulus money. And they thought that some people would be upset because stimulus was such a a nasty word to them. That's why I was really asking him in this case. I mean, what they really should do is they should have some kind of a logo that tells the public this is tied to the $1.2 trillion. So I think we'd feel better at least seeing some return on the investment. Great. But also, I I also have property down in Florida. And, and, and I do understand climate is a lot different down there. So they're not putting salt in the roads the way we do up here. That can degrade things. But, but the projects down there just not only seem to be ongoing and make a, enormous improvements, for the, like what they've just done on the I-4, um, you know, going through downtown Orlando, um, is, is absolutely amazing how fast and efficiently they get things done in certain areas. Where up here, it just seems to take forever. Um, and it doesn't I seem think, like a whole hell of a lot, you know, gets yeah, done. I think he didn't want to, I, you know, he didn't want to stir the pot. And I totally, thank you, Anthony. And, and I understand it. But I know from having read in, and I, I wasn't sure whether this had recently changed. Obviously, it hasn't. Uh, I can tell you that up until recently and before the election, yes, there are new governors now afoot. But he'd met with everybody. He had met with all of the governors. He, Mitch Landrew personally, with the exception of Abbott and DeSantis. And very gentlemanly, he said a moment ago, I think, I'll have to look at the transcript, you know, everybody's busy. No, 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 no. Abbott and DeSantis are not too busy to meet with Mitch Landrew, especially given the job that he has. Uh, it's, it's part of this whole, you know, oppose the passage of the infrastructure bill 
but then make sure that you're you're standing in line. What did he say? Everybody uh, who was a no wants the dough or something. Yes, that's something exactly like, what he said. Whatever, whatever it is I yeah. tweeted is, yeah. is, is what he said at the time. It was, that was amazing. The Smirconish Podcast for independent minds. Listen to Michael Smirconish live weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east on Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124 or anytime on the SXM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. America. 